0: shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Landis has no business being on the MVP plaque. This guy was a piece of dirt. I applaud Barry Larkin. I really do. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Thursday, July 2nd morning. Here's Truly Scott Wetzel sitting in for the next two hours, taking your phone calls as we always do, 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free. Not that toll-free really matters anymore. 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter? Everyone's got a little bit of minutes, I would think, right? Uh, send a tweet. It is at opposite picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E-Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Email Sweets phone calls again right here bagels and bad beats on this beautiful thursday july 2nd morning two days away for the fourth of july well time to pay the bills 60 or else less is more in the nfl no he didn't say that did he Uh, rather party than play ball legit or not party time up north no time like the present playing ball in the spring uh facts hurt big bubbles and if you're gonna do it Do it right. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Bagels and Bad Beats Thursday, July 2nd morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. Uh, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. We'll hit the phones here in a sec. A lot to get to today, as we always say, but it is true. It's amazing how we don't have any sports per se, but uh, we do have a lot of news always to talk about, including giving us another winner. We will start there when we come back from the break, because two weeks ago, I gave you the winner of the Belmont. So you should have paid your house payment with that one. Last week, we gave you Jordan Spieth making the cut at the uh, latest uh, championship golf course. So you should have paid your car payment last week. And then this week, we're going to go right back to the well with the PGA, with the Rocket Mortgage Classic getting underway in about an hour and a half or so. And we're going to give you another golfer we think is Absolutely, positively at great odds oh by the way going to make the cut those to me are the easiest ways to win so we'll get to that some nba news some football news as well less games is more and uh, major league baseball we'll talk about it. all coming up bagels and bad beats with your truly scott Webster.
3: In the mornings, I usually have four, four eggs, five pieces of bacon, some toast, and two protein shakes, two or uh protein shakes. And then throughout the course of the day, I'll have you know a go macro bar here and there. I'll have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, I'll have another protein drink. I'll have at least two protein drinks on the golf course. <laughs> so every you know, six holes, so you, go, you know six, 12, and then after the round, I'll have one. After that, I'm snacking when I'm practicing. After, go back to the hotel, eat a dinner, steak, potatoes. Then and I'll have two protein shakes with it there as well. So, you know, I'm consuming around, I'd say, six to seven of those orgain protein shakes a day now, where I used to be, you know, two or three. Um, So as I've upped the weight, upped everything, I just had to consume a lot more. Luckily, I like the taste of those those shakes, so I, I I can take those pretty easily.
4: What would be your caloric intake?
3: Shoot, I have no idea. Probably, if you were to add all that up, it'd be around 3,000 to 3,500, I think, something like that.
0: Okay. Okay, there, Pike. Yeah. I had a couple of eggs and a couple of pieces of bacon this morning and some chocolate milk, so I'm going to put out 40 pounds of muscle as well. Yeah. Are are people stupid? You know, I have covered a number of golf tournaments, and and those reporters, I'll say, uh, are probably the biggest cupcakes on the, you know, uh, reporting tour. You know, they they didn't know. Well, tennis is actually number one. Let let me correct myself. Tennis is the worst. Uh, Then maybe golf, and then maybe baseball. But. Are you, that's what you're buying. The guy eats a couple of eggs and a couple of pieces of bacon and some shakes while he's golfing. And that all of a sudden is going to turn the guy into Mr. Adonis, Tony Atlas out there on the golf course. Forget about lifting weights. Forget about doing this or that. God forbid you should even suggest, you know, Hey, when's the last time you had a, a steroid test there, Bryson? No, we're going to buy into bacon and eggs in the morning. A couple of extra eggs is going to put on fit 40 pounds of muscle. What a joke. I mean, are people just stupid or are they just afraid? Which one is it? You know, and you don't have to accuse the guy, but just say, listen, you know, price it. You don't put on muscle by eating bacon and eggs in the morning. I hate to break it to you, brother. But if that's what you really think is causing your your uh, change of life here, uh, you got something coming. You better check on your doctor, you know, because he's giving you a little bit more than a couple of eggs and bacon. I'll tell you that. It's just dopey. So I'm telling you. I want to see a steroid test with this guy. I I do. You, you just That is not going to appease my senses as far as why this guy put on 40 pounds of muscle in basically six months because he ate a couple of eggs and bacon in the morning. What a joke. And these dopey reporters don't challenge him on it. I tell you what, there is no two ways about it. I brought it up uh, you know, either yesterday or the day before or earlier. He is the absolute darling of the PGA Tour. Forget Tiger Woods. Forget Phil Mickelson. Forget Brooks Kepka. Forget Jordan Spieth and any of the others. This guy has accomplished so much by doing so little. It is remarkable. Now he does have six straight top-10 finishes, so I'll give him credit for that. But he hasn't won on tour yet this year, and he is the odds-on favorite, and I mean odds-on favorite. He is six to one with FanDuel as the outright winner betting favorite. Six to one for a golf tournament is unheard of. You know, when you consider the likes of and I know Ricky Fowler chokes all the time, but I'm going to throw his name out there because he's a relative big name. Ricky Fowler is 30 to one. Bubba Watson is 40 to one. Um, you know, Rory Sabatini, you know, you've heard of him 50 to one. Jason Day, you've heard of him 50 to one. You know, you got some halfway decent. a—that's not a great tour. I will tell you that. Um you know there's not a lot of great names but even Patrick Reed you know former Masters champ he's 15 to 1 so for Bryson DeChambeau who hasn't won squad uh at, to be at 6 to 1 the next betting favorite if you will Webb Simpson is 13 to 1 so that gives you you know an idea how far ahead of the field he is not because he should win just because He's the darling, you know, you don't make these odds necessarily on who you think is going to win. You make the odds on who you think people are going to bet on and people are just buying into this Bryson DeChambeau story. Boy, it is just remarkable. So six to one, I would never, I don't care if it's Tiger Woods in his prime, I would not buy into six to one on a golf course. No way. No, especially not in two thousand and twenty. Uh, when there are so many golfers, even in this tournament, I know it's not a great field, but you know, there are a number of golfers that could win this thing. You got a hundred and think about the logic of it, right? You have a hundred plus golfers and you're betting on one guy and you're only getting six to one. I mean, you'd have to be a moron. Honestly, you'd have to be a dope to do that. And we've done some dopey things when it comes to going to the window. I'll grant you that, but I, I'm not that, not that dopey, especially with a guy who has ever won squat. So, boy, it is just remarkable how they are buying into Bryson DeChambeau. And if this guy doesn't, you know, I, I would never bet him. He's 10 to 1 to make the cut. I would never do that. But, you know, it, they won't have a broadcast if Bryson DeChambeau doesn't make the cut for some crazy reason. It's the Rocket Mortgage Tournament in Detroit. Who knows what could actually happen? You never know. He, he might decide that, you know, it's not for him. Maybe I am getting too much publicity. Yeah, maybe Wetzel's right. You know what? People are going to start asking for that steroid test, and uh, I definitely don't want to do that. I don't trust it. I don't trust it at bacon and eggs and a couple of shakes on the golf course. That's turned me into to Mr. Atlas here. You got to be kidding me. All right. I did give you the winner two weeks ago. Should have paid your mortgage, which is the law. Although, if you played the exact in a trifecta we suggested, you couldn't. But I gave you the winner, which is all that really, really matters. Gave you the winner last week. The, the lock of the weekend was Jordan Spieth making a cut at minus. 190. I I tell you, I still don't understand that line. FanDuel's just screwed up completely. Former champ, you know, a major winner. Um, had made nine of ten cuts uh, this year. That crazy. That that was a dopey line. So we found another one, maybe not so dopey, but still, I like playing these make the cuts. I, I really do. Um, you could get screwed. You know, there are guys last week that were minus three after two rounds and failed to make the cut because that tournament was, was so goofy. But this week, you know, there aren't a lot of great names. Some of them are, are literally seven, eight, nine. The shambo was 10 to 1 to make the cut. I'm not going to lay that kind of money. That, that, that's crazy. That, that's definitely not worth it. So I isolated it with FanDuel anyway. Checked out their lines. I'll use them just because that's a pretty universal site that a lot of people can use. Uh, I'm going to go with Bubba Watson to make the cut. Minus 225. Not bad. That, that's right around the limit. You know, I, I'll go baseball. I told you this. I'll go minus 2 to 1, minus 220, minus 225. That's generally my limit with baseball on a straight play. With uh, golf with these, failed to make the cuts. I'll, I'll go as high as 3 to 1 if I really like a player. But minus 225 is pretty good value on Bubba Watson. Now, I will tell you, he did not make the cut last week. Here are his last three weeks. Uh, two weeks ago. or check that three weeks ago he was seventh finished seventh at the Charles Schwab very good obviously two weeks ago he was 52nd at the RBC Heritage also you know pretty good now last week he didn't make the cut but he was one of those that was at three under par so it's not like he shot horribly last weekend you know he shot a 68 and a 69 which under normal circumstances would you put you on the leaderboard for goodness sakes but uh, because that tournament w- was so ridiculously easy, guys were coming in at four, five, six under par without a blink of an eye. So his set or 68 and 69 um on the surface was pretty good, but it wasn't enough to make the cut. So I'm gonna throw that out the window because again, he didn't balloon to 75 and 78. So I don't care about him not making the cut. And, and in a lot of ways, that actually helps me because he's too good. You know, he's been on the tour a long time. He's a professional. I don't think Bubba Watson's going to fail to make the cut two weeks in a row. And he elected to play in this tournament months ago for whatever reason. You know, I don't know if he has some affiliation with Detroit that I don't know about. He's from Florida, but you know, he agreed to play, you know, months ago. So he must be up for this tournament. It's the first rocket ever. Maybe that's one of his sponsors. I can check into that, but I, I, you know, I find it hard to believe Bubba Watson will fail to make back to back cuts. So you have to lay two and a quarter, uh, it's a little pricey, but, you know, with these bets, it's actually not. So our luck of the weekend, you've already paid your mortgage. You've already paid your car payment. This is for July 4th festivities, and you'll know before the July 4th, or at least uh, yeah, Friday, um, today and tomorrow. So Bubba Watson, minus 225 to make the cut. Our three guys that we're going to play on, uh, we're going to go with the, the two usuals. Tony P now is 33 to 1. Jason Day, 50 to 1. We have to add one more. Because our third guy is not in this format, so we're going to go with Kevin Na at 38 to 1. So three guys to win outright. now out 33, Na 38, Jason Day 50 to 1. As we try and make some checklists. uh will get some more balls coming up. Baseball talk. NFL talk as well. They know that piece. I'm going to the Southwest. Bagels in that beat, son. It's Thursday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up, as we always do, to 7 a.m. Eastern time, 844-843-6879. That's all free telephone number. Send a tweet at opposite picks and email me. Uh, Go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon, and fire away. A couple of quickies here before we hit the calls. First up, Rod Manfred, MLB commissioner, uh, telling the Dan Patrick Show yesterday that owners weren't going to agree to more than 60 games no matter what, although we did backtrack from that. It was really just a a last – this is not something that they had perceived months ago. This was just apparently the latest negotiation saying that there are 60 games in 63 days. You really couldn't squeeze in any more, considering all the health situations and looking at the calendar. They clearly didn't want to go into December, which is good. So, you know, the only thing you take from that is that if the players are going to sue the owners for, you know, not negotiating in good faith, then they could throw it to that comment if they wanted to. But, you know, logic says – you're running out of time. You know, you got to give these guys three, four weeks of training camp. And again, you didn't want to play into December. So logically, it was going to be 60 games. No big deal. Although I don't know why Manfred would just make that automatic declaration instead of just saying, well, that's what we negotiated. But he did say that. I will tell you, this is nothing new, but labor talks for next season after the collective bargain and agreement ends after the 2021 season, it is going to be brutal. It is just going to be even Derek Jeter, who's been on obviously both sides of the equation, former Stanky says that there's no trust between the league and the union. Listen, forget about 2023 or 22. Um, you could not maybe have a baseball season next year because the one thing the players hold over the owners is them to walk out. Well, if the contract ends, Yes, it's, it's still kind of the same thing. But, you know, if they do it while there is a contract in place and have a walkout, that just throws it back into the owner's face, you know, a little bit sooner than what they have to versus waiting until after the 2021 season when they could have the, the lockout or walkout or strike or whatever you want to call it. I mean, a lot of times that stuff happens actually in the last year of the current contract. so. It is going to be a long, tough negotiating process. If they couldn't, as we all have said, you know, if they couldn't come to terms on a season in which is going to be, you know, two months. How to fudge are they going to come to terms on a contract labor agreement that figures to be at least five, if not ten, years? I mean, it is going to be. If there was a play on Fanduel or with the boys in Vegas. That said, will we have baseball in 2021 or 22? Will there be a work stoppage? I would vote yes. I'd plunk my money on yes. I I have a strong feeling. I don't know what the players are going to be asking for, but this has got disaster written all over it. NFL's considering cutting preseason games four to two. They need league approval from the players. I'm not sure why, but they do. Uh, There's no doubt the players would sign up for that. In fact, they're apparently asking for more. They actually want no preseason games. And you know what? I got to tell you, I agree. What's the point? Listen, I didn't think there ever should be preseason games anyway. You have plenty of practices. You have plenty of scrimmages within yourself. You have scrimmages with other teams. There's no need for preseason games. There really is not. Forget about eliminating just two of them. Eliminate all four. Who needs them? Why risk it at this point, right? Football is going to have it the most difficult. You know, you could isolate and have these so-called bubbles in the NHL and an NBA, and even in uh, you know soccer, you can't have a bubble with NFL football team. You just can't. So you're at the mercy of these teams coming and going, all the players. And if there are risks involved in them actually playing the sport, making tackles and everything else, lining up to each other, touching the football and all the other nonsense that goes on in football games, Why risk it with a couple of really meaningless games? You know, you don't need an evaluation of these players with these preseason games. If you can't figure out as a head coach or a scout or a general manager who's good or not good, when you're watching them on the practice field, well, then you're in the wrong business. So players aren't going to be playing in them anyway, right? They never do. They can't possibly. Tell me if I'm wrong. They can't possibly be charging fans for these preseason games, right? I mean, I know. They normally are part of your season ticket package, but considering the coronavirus situation and considering they don't even know how many fans will be allowed in stadiums, if you're re-upping your season tickets and you've already paid for them, I gotta believe you'd be getting a refund for these two home games that are scheduled for each team in the preseason, right? I mean, there's just no way in the world that fans can be asked to go to these dopey games. So if you don't have the fans going to the games and no one's buying those tickets, the players don't play in the games anyway. Players don't want the games. Owners don't want the games. I mean, outside of the network, and there you go, there's the mighty dollar. But outside of the networks having something to televise, there's just no reason to have any NFL preseason games. So get rid of them. Who cares? They've already canceled the Hall of Fame game between Pittsburgh and Dallas. So now they're thinking about canceling week number one of the preseason and week number four. But you got to remember that leaves two games, and a lot of teams have two road games in weeks two and three, or two home games in weeks two and three, and they're not allowed to do that. So they're going to have to reshuffle the whole deck uh, and try and figure out a new preseason schedule. Just wipe it off the board. Get rid of it. Who cares? No one needs to have any preseason games. 844 843 6879, the toll free telephone number. And I, I can't believe uh what bradley beal said i really what an absolute these nba players boy i tell you what they are just babies they are absolute babies we'll get to that here in a sec first up though want to go to our ll who starts off the program generally every single show and that's our good buddy john in manhattan john welcome to a thursday bagels and bad beats
2: hey scott good morning how are you
0: yeah, not too bad not too bad Little a uh, couple things on my plate this morning. I want to get to a little feisty today, which is a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, you got me thinking about uh, eggs and bacon. So <laughs> talking about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to put diet. on twenty
0: pounds of muscle, so I'm gonna you know for the next week I'm gonna put on some eggs and bacon. I'll I'll put a scale up and see how many uh you know pounds I put on. What a dope he is, or what a dope the meat he is for not challenging. Oh, Don't blame him.
2: Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite expressions is it depends on who you talk to. And I feel like with this whole COVID thing, you could talk to one neighbor across the hall who thinks it's, you know, such a big deal and it's such a horrible pandemic, which it is. And then you talk to the the other guy down the hall and he's like, this is not really a big thing. More people die every day from opioid uh, abuse or from car crashes and stuff like that. And uh, one of your callers, I think, to the podcast touched on something, which was an excellent point. And he kind of said that we're going to get used to coronavirus being um, part of our everyday life. And I was, it was such a great point. I was trying to further it, I guess, or I am trying to further it. If we can just get through one sports season with coronavirus, I think it'll be sort of in the rearview mirror in terms of being uptight about it. I hate the expression "the new normal," but I think we'll just get used to it as uh, an assumed risk, just like driving down the highway. Maybe, unfortunately, there'll be a car wreck. But hey, maybe I go to a, a ball game and someone's going to catch coronavirus, or maybe some of my player, my favorite player, won't be in the game because of coronavirus. I just think if we can just get through maybe one or two sports seasons. We won't be that upset about coronavirus. We won't be so fearful of it. We'll just sort of think of it as like, you know, someone else's problem or something that hits mostly the elderly. And I know that sounds slightly insensitive, Scott, but if we can just get past it, maybe we'll just think of it as any other risk that we encounter in our day-to-day life. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I tell you, John, really, to me, it's a three-person race. Two or negative, one's positive, and, and we'll see who ends up winning the race. The The positive is the scenario you just set up, all right? Can we get through a soccer, an NBA, an NHL, uh, Major League Baseball season without anything drastic happening? Yeah, you might get some guys that come down with the virus, and they might get quarantined, but nothing major. Maybe we put a couple of fans in the stands. Maybe just a few more even golf tournaments get people just acclimated to seeing sports. So that's one you know contestant in the race. The other contestant in the race is having a slew of people come down with the virus and, and just, you know, having to wipe off an entire team. You know, God forbid, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, them and the uh, Sacramento Queens are the two teams leading in the NBA with most coronaviruses. You know, what happens after we resume playing the NBA, and and they literally have a, an outbreak with the entire team, 10, 15 players. They're going to have to cancel just the Brooklyn Nets. Would they just cancel the entire NBA? So that's contestant number two. And then contestant number three would be one of these players getting seriously sick and having to be put into quarantine and then on life support or a ventilator. And that, I think, would put the fear of God into all these players and realize, okay, we can't do this. So the one good one you have, and then the two bad scenarios, either an entire team breaks out or you have one or two particular players that actually get seriously, seriously injured uh, and, and need to be put on a ventilator. And then it's going to be like, okay, then we're going to have to shut it down. One of those three scenarios are going to occur, and I think that will determine sports for the next six
2: months. Well said, Scott. Yeah, we're hoping just that the shock value of coronavirus can wear off. We can just think of it as, you know, just a day-to-day Uh, obstacle that's really not a big deal and not worth getting that fired up about. (laughs) I mean, I'm laughing so I don't cry, but I think uh, we're on the same page with this. Thanks so much, Scott.
0: You got John. Appreciate it. Yeah. Listen, it's tough. I mean, because we're we're not at that point yet, even though in my brain, you know, you kind of are, but you know, every time you see headlines, Oklahoma's got 14 football players that tested positive, you know, the soccer team, uh, F.C. Dallas or D.C. Dallas or E.C. B.C., whatever the fuck, whatever, whatever. What is F.C.? Football Club? You know, great. Right. Uh, yeah, Dallas, whatever. You know, they had eight players uh, come down with the virus, and they're supposedly living in a bubble. So how is that possible? that That's what I, you know, so every time you hear that stuff, you think you're okay, no big deal. And it's always, they're all asymptomatic. You know, God forbid someone should actually hold symptoms. You know, that's the other little next step we have to take. They're always seemingly asymptomatic, so it's not that big a deal. But let, let's have a real outbreak, dare I say that, and see how the sports world reacts. But that, that to me, is it. I, I think that's a perfect example. Those three, three contestants in this race, and we'll see who wins. Bagels and Bad Beats, you are a winner with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Thursday morning. For, more phone calls coming up next. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Thursday morning, 844-843-6879. That was Adam Silver with the uh, Time Magazine interview they had the other day talking about how it is, it should be, anyway, theoretically safer for NBA players than everyone else down in Florida, in particular, just because they have this confined area. Of course, that's all based on everyone adhering to the rules. And that brings up our Bradley Beal comment before we head back to the phones. You know, I tell you, I I am so sick and tired of these NBA players. Boy, you know, in one aspect, I'll admit, you know, it is kind of refreshing that they're putting money aside and they're more concerned about their health than the dollar. Uh, But then reality sets in and says they've made most of their money already. All right. You know, there might be one regular season paycheck that's out there and then any postseason money. But most of these teams know that their teams don't have any chances uh, to win in the postseason, including the Washington Wizards. So there's Dopey Bradley Beal. You know, this explains a lot. You know, if you're a, a Wizards fan or just an NBA fan, sometimes you look at these rosters, Washington in particular here over the years, and say, boy, they had Beal and he had Wall and he had this guy and that guy. And they never made a dent. I mean, outside of a couple of blips, they didn't do squat. And And to me... His statement yesterday about playing or not playing shows a lot. As one of the team leaders, he said he's yet to decide if he's going to take part in the upcoming season because of the pandemic, Uh, not really, Uh, because of the social injustice issues that are going on, Uh, not really. He's more concerned and upset about the restrictions of bubble life at Disney World. It's not a walk in the park, and that's what guys are concerned about. There's a lot of blank that we can't do. Uh, And he hasn't been swayed one way or the other yet, uh, but he's still going through the process of should he play or not play. Did make a point of saying it's got absolutely nothing to do with the social justice issues going on. So I suppose you can, uh, you know, pat him on the back for that by him saying that, listen, you know, whether we play or not, it's got nothing to do with what's going on in the world. Uh, These issues are going to be around for a long, long time. So why wouldn't we play? which makes sense from that standpoint. But the fact that these guys and I'll just take Beal for his word that there are a number of players and I'm assuming he's talking about the Washington Wizards here that are upset about the fact that they have to live in a bubble for a couple of months. Are are you kidding me? Really? that that's it. You, you know, you're upset because you can't walk in the park. You're upset because you can't go ride the Disney rides. You're upset because you can't go out to eat. Well, listen, you're not supposed to do all those things anyway. And you're talking about two lousy months. And if you're a Washington wizard, let's face it, chances are they're not going to make the postseason anyway. And if they do, it's going to be in the eight, nine game, which means they can get crushed. And then you know they're four games back or six games back. So they're not catching Orlando for the eighth spot. They're going to be, best case scenario, in the ninth spot, which means they'd have to beat Orlando twice in that little mini two-game series. So chances are very good. Washington is going to be done, point being, after these eight regular season games. So he's not, shouldn't be anyway, looking at this thing as a two-month ordeal. He should be looking at this thing as basically a two-week ordeal. And even that, he can't even accept. I mean, it's a joke. They're making it sound like they've been put into purgatory here, and they can't do absolutely anything. This is not a military life. I don't know what the bubble will entail, but I got a feeling it's more than just a hotel room. I'm guessing you will be able to walk around some. I don't think the NBA expects these players to be sitting in their hotel room Leave, go to practice, maybe go for dinner in the hotel and go right back to their hotel room. I, I'm guessing they're going to have some leeway. Now, they're not going to be able to go around town. I get all that. But you know what? For two lousy months, I mean, freaking deal with it. Uh, we have a listener, Andy, in San Antonio who's stuck over in Saudi Arabia and can't go anywhere. Talk about a bad life. I mean, that, that's a tough situation. This mopes in Orlando, for goodness sakes. Weather's fine. People beautiful down here. You're going to have every concern you want taken care of, you know, whether it's uh, your dinner, whether it's meal money, whether it's, you know, you ask for something, I guarantee you the NBA is going to have people at their beckoning call saying whatever you want, whatever we could bring to your hotel room. Go ahead. They're gonna have every single Xbox in the world. They're gonna have every single rap music in the world, every single country music in the world. They're gonna have everything at their disposal. This is heaven. I'd sign up for that in a freaking heartbeat. Hey, you wouldn't even have to pay me for goodness sakes. And a guy who is in the NBA, I mean, he makes gazillion dollars, Bradley Beal. 20 plus million dollars a year. And he's bitching because he can't go in a, a walk in the park for a couple of months, maybe? Wow, that is just unbelievable. Again, that explains why the Washington Wizards are the Washington Wizards. They don't care about winning. They have a golden opportunity here. Their season has been pissed down the drain once again, and they've been given new life, and they have an opportunity to make a statement here. Maybe they take the antithesis of all this stuff and say, hey, you know what, guys? You know, we could play in this 8-9 game. We got Orlando. You know, maybe these folks don't want to play. We could play. We could beat Milwaukee because maybe Milwaukee's not focused. Greek freak is really not Greek. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year anyway. Maybe he just wants to get the season over with. We can make a little statement here. You know, rally the troops a little bit. But instead, he's taking the negative side of things. And, and again, that's why the Wizards are the Wizards. They could have all the talent in the world. But when your two leaders, Wall and Beal, have this kind of attitude, and I won't throw it on Wall's uh, shoulders, but when Beal – One of the two leaders has this kind of attitude. Well, that explains a lot. That explains why the Wizards have underachieved over the last three, four years. Stay in a hotel. You got gyms. You have restaurants. You're going to have bars. Why would you want to leave the hotel when you have all those facilities? You're going to have maids, whatever you possibly want. All right, you know what? Go ahead and say You can't have the happy hookers come. You can't have your buddies come up. You can't have the girls on the side come up. You probably can have your pain-in-the-butt wife come into play, though, you know? So it's a double-edged sword from that standpoint. But you know what? Basically what he's saying is, uh, pardon the French here, I'd rather get laid than go play basketball. That, that's really it. I, I can't go out and party with my guys. I, I, I can't go out and hang out with the girls, go out drinking, and live my life. Boy, I'm stuck playing NBA basketball. Boy, that really stinks. Yeah, what a hard life there, Bradley Beal. What, what a hard life. What a joke. And that's the bottom line. He'd rather go out and go have fun versus playing NBA basketball. And we'll we'll keep the fun label, but you know what I'm talking about. That's what what this is all about. God forbid the players, you know, shouldn't have uh, their girls on the side be able to come into their hotel rooms. Unbelievable. And I tell you, uh, Jonas is wrong. You know, he was quoted yesterday as saying, this is going to be the toughest time to win an NBA title. No, absolutely not. Uh, I, I, I say just the opposite. I think actually this is going to be the easiest time. I, I really do. Um, you're going to get teams like Washington that just don't want to be here. You know, Washington doesn't want to be here. Brooklyn doesn't want to be here. Sacramento obviously doesn't want to be here. Portland leaders don't want to be here. Half these teams don't want to be here. This is the easy. He'll never have an easier opportunity to get to the NBA finals. Maybe beat LeBron for the championship or the Clippers and quiet for the championship will be tough. But as far as getting to the NBA finals, the Eastern conference stinks. We all know that. And half the teams really don't want to be there. So I don't know why he would think this is going to be the hardest title to ever win. This is going to be the easiest title. He'll ever have an opportunity to win. Richie in West Virginia checks in on bagels and bad beats. Richie. Welcome on a Thursday morning, my friend. Well,
4: I don't know what's wrong with Using late on on the air. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's. Yeah.
0: No, that's not too bad. Early, we could say that.
4: Earlier, you were talking about the NFL preseason, and the NFL preseason. This is something that I, it's chapped my heart forever. I've never liked the uh, preseason. It's just something when you have the. It should be like the NBA or the Major League Baseball preseason. You don't even know it exists. I mean, I just it's just something that just irritates me to no end. The Hall of Fame game, I'm glad it was canceled because I was never interested in that whatsoever. And I've heard about people talking about saying, oh, they just can't, the the NFL, you just can't live without it. And, I mean, I love the NFL. I'm certainly hoping they get to play, but the preseason is just meaningless. There's this... There's just nothing that ever happens here. I've never liked preseason. I hope they don't have any games and just get on with just playing the regular NFL season. Preseason to me is just uh, it's just a waste. It really doesn't do anything for anybody except put players in there that maybe are trying to make the team. I just don't understand the whole purpose of the preseason. Yeah, I just well, never let's... liked it.
0: Think about think about Rich when it was six preseason games. But I will tell you, you know, basically when it was six. It was that philosophy, you know. They didn't charge fans to go to games. It was really just a way for these NFL teams to have a scrimmage. That, that's all. It, it wasn't a uh, okay fans. You got to buy three more regular season games. All the season ticket packages were separate, and it was just, you could have had eight regular or preseason games. You know, it, it didn't matter. But now with the uh, you know the advent of TV running the show in the NFL, they're taking these preseason games, whether you know the starting quarterbacks play or not play. It's NFL football, and they made a big to do about it, and everyone's analyzing and the players and the stats and this and that. I, I agree with you. I enjoy off seasons with these sports. I really do. I like the downtime. Um, that's why I don't get into the the, the uh, you know the the spring training or the camp nonsense or who's holding out. We all know these players ultimately are not holding out. I like the downtime, and even if it means a couple of extra weeks in August where I'm not concerned about these preseason games, there's no need for them. There there really aren't. Like I was saying before, Rich, if you as a head coach and all the coaches that they have now, if you can't figure out who's a player and who's not a player without them actually practicing against a bunch of stiffs anyway because no one's going with their real starters for the most part, then then you should be in a different business. So if it was up to me, I'd get rid of them, but tell the owners to throw away – Two home games. And that's been the problem over the years because now every single team makes the fan buy these two precinct games as part of their season ticket package. And to give up that, you know, those two games, even though no one's going, they'll still put the money down for the tickets. That's what you have to have the owner to accept. So, and that's what you haven't had so far. Uh, and, And that's the issue. And you get, you know, listen, more TV revenue. So that's been the bugaboo. Appreciate the phone call, Richie. That's been the bugaboo. You know, get the owners to throw away two live gates. That's not easy to do. That's why they've been asking for 18 games. All right, we'll we'll go with two less preseason games, but then we're going to have two more regular season games. And the player, rightfully so, says, well, what's the difference? You know, we're still playing two more games. In fact, the two preseason games we're looking to drop, you know, we're not even playing those games. So, you know, the player – himself probably really doesn't care for these preseason games because for the most part, they're definitely, the starters aren't anyway, playing in game number four. Uh, they probably aren't playing in game number one. So, you know, they've been playing in realistically in games number two and three. And even those, they're playing, what, a couple of series, that's all. So they're not going to exchange those games for two real games in which they're going to get their brains beaten in. So it, it's, but there is, to me, there's absolutely no need for it. Just no need. But again, to have the owners. Give up those two gates? That's a lot of people. That's sixty to seventy-five thousand tickets. At basically, you know, depending on which team you root for, anywhere from forty to hundred bucks. That's a lot of money. A lot of money, and the owners aren't willing to give that up, even though they make a ton of money, obviously, with uh, all the network revenue that is coming from the TV stuff. All right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine, the toll free telephone number. Uh, 844-843-6879. A lot more NFL stuff to get to, including the Redskins name debate. That is coming up again, and I don't think it's going to go away this time. We'll talk about that next. Bagels and Bat Beats on a Thursday morning. with Scott you. 844 843 6879. The toll free telephone number again, 844 843 6879. You want to send a tweet? It is at Opposite Picks. That's O P P O S I T E. Picks P I C K S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Uh, hit the contacts, Scott icon, and Fireway. away. NBA said that the, in order to play the final three months of the season down in Orlando, it's going to cost over $150 million. And that includes the housing of all 22 teams. They got three resorts uh, booked out. Three arenas booked out, seven practice courts booked out, which I find amazing with 22 teams. But uh, meals and security, I, to tell you the truth, I got to tell you, I thought it would be more than that. You know, that, that doesn't count for all the lost revenue about not having all their games at home and everything else and all the other, you know, teams that should be playing out the the regular season. But $150 million, it, you know, listen, that's not chump change. Don't get me wrong. But I, I you know, for 22 teams. Uh, when you throw in all the coaches and all the security folks and trainers and everything, you know, each team has got to have at least, I would think, 25 people, right? Uh, 15 or so players and then another 10. I mean, so 25 times 22 and all the food and the hotel. I mean, like I said, it's actually 150 million is is less than what I thought it would be. I, I thought it would be maybe like 200 million, but. You know, sometimes you get to, you see all these numbers being thrown about about uh, companies uh, donating this money and that money, and, and uh, um, it's easy to throw out one hundred and fifty million like it's nothing. But I suppose that is actually a, a lot, a, a lot of money. But what what are you going to do? Right, they're going to make that and then some. They don't. It may cost one hundred and fifty million, but how much money are they making? Maybe they're not making as much as they would have. But uh, you can't uh, convince me that uh, TNT and all the other NBA TV networks aren't putting the bill for all that stuff and saying, get us programming. We need programming and we need it bad. So no matter what it costs. We'll cover that. Thank you very much, Budweiser and, and a Pepsi and all the other sponsors that they have. So, yeah, price tag, $150 million. It takes money to make money. That's the bottom line. All right, Bagels and Bad Beats, one hour in the books. Hour number two coming up next on Thursday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel.